0: I timed it out just right.
1: Hey, what's up, Blazer fans? Welcome to the Blazer's Edge podcast. I am Tara Bowen Biggs, joined, as always, by Blazer's outsider, Danny Morang. Danny, how's it going? (laughs) Ah, ah, ah,
0: You thought you got rid of me. I'm back, baby.
1: (laughs) Yes, you are. And I have questions (laughs) for you. It's been a while since we talked because you missed last week. I got a chance to talk to Eric Garcia Gunderson, which was pretty cool. Um but I, yeah
0: he, he, we were talking media room the other day and uh, Flex. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah and you gonna come on and you know bring your Kevin love propaganda on on, on the pod Get out of here
1: <laughs> well, he did um and you know I don't even know where things are like so much has happened lately in all of the rumor mill stuff going around with you know also some people who were in the conversation now being off the table. Blake Griffin, you know, can't play, you know, is out for the season. Let's see who else who's been associated with just about every team in the league is now no longer available. But, you know, who's sitting in Utah on the bench? Mm -hmm. Could you please tell me, will you talk me? I, I like can't let go of the Blazers going and getting Ed Davis, who is currently not being used, getting DMPs in Utah for the jazz. I, I, it's, I don't even know what to say about this. I'm so upset about it. He's,
0: he's living that, uh, easy, like Ed Davis life.
1: Do you think that's um, what Ed Davis wants to be sitting on the bench?
0: Oh, no, he wants, he, no, he wants to play. Um, so but, what's going yeah, on I, there? I, I, what I understand it, I think is it's he's just not fit.
1: fitting in with their current no. schemes.
0: Which is kind of weird because he plays the Rudy Gobert role pretty damn well as far as like tracking the, the roller and or tagging the roller and, and and playing in between and playing a good sound, strong defensive scheme, being on a string, being that anchor, uh, communicating uh, gr- good to great offensive rebounder, solid defensive rebounder can be switchable pr- on the perimeter if they need it. Like you would think Ed Davis would be perfect there, but for whatever reason, it's just not clicking. And I mean, it could maybe, it's off the court things. Maybe it's just not a great relationship with uh, his teammates. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, haven't you ever worked somewhere where you're like, it was, it was cool, but it wasn't the best for you. And you're just like, you had nothing against anybody. but like, I think I do better than this. I think that's the kind of situation. Uh, the problem is, I, mean, I know I know where you're going here is that, What can Portland do to get him, right?
1: Yes. I mean, like, (laughs) I know, okay, I know it's a pipe dream, but it's out there. And you know how beloved Ed was and how important he was to Damian Lillard. We heard all those stories about Damian Lillard being disappointed when Ed was gone. And... You know, Ed provided, Mm -hmm. I mean, he was steady like a rock. He was always there. He always knew exactly what he was supposed to do. He always showed up on time. He was, you know, whether it was to practice or in a defensive rotation, Ed was not late. He was there when he was supposed to be there. He was reliable. He's not on a big contract. And maybe that's the problem and also i know that he is you know on the older end so he's not somebody who you know the portland i would think would build many around you know for the many few years in the future but why no, but not bring him to better placement than pow Yes, thank you. I hadn't even thought about that. Thanks for bringing I, up Pow again. I, I thought we were done with Pow, but he yeah. keeps coming <laughs> up in the media. Yeah, yeah so wh-
0: why not? You're you're just saying for Pow Gasol is still one of the weirdest things, to me. But it's it's it's, it's all right. <laughs> Everybody has theirs. I'm very um, random. Dan. Come on. I they, they mean it's that that part. of it's on brand. <laughs> it just doesn't work mathematically though. Like for Ed, it's going to cost you an asset, and it just doesn't make sense to do that for Ed Davis at this point. um they're already short bodies and they don't have a contract that fits outside of Collins that could trade straight across for Ed you'd have to like we go zone in little Oliver because yeah sure and that's the, the the bond yeah you've got the bond between Ed and Zach and all that kind of stuff like it listen if Ed had gotten a, a vet minimum deal then yeah i could f- i could see them trying to find a way to swing something there for sure but he's just but that. it's just not the reality of it but
1: I mean what about Hazonia yeah, and so. somebody like like Gary Trent Jr like originally I was like Naz but then I was like no Naz is Naz has some unique skills that I think uh, could uh, not
0: just that like why do you well why do you want to give up assets at this point in time because like, I want to
1: his back
0: yeah that's that doesn't make any sense you're talking about a team that's got That's shorthanded like on actual physical bodies. I'm not even talking basketball talent position. I'm talking actual playable bodies and you want to send out two for one.
1: Okay. Like it just doesn't work. It just doesn't
0: work. (laughs) So like, I mean, sure. Yeah. It'd be nice.
1: I don't know. Maybe there's maybe oh, the there's somebody else, in, somebody very else unlikely, in Utah that they can that compare, combine him with and maybe one of the larger – maybe Ed is like what they need to make a larger matching contract. I don't know. It's just – it just breaks my heart that somebody is not getting the best out of Ed Davis. It just seems impossible that that could be happening. If he's not fitting in with your schemes, change your schemes.
0: Yeah. No? I mean it happens. Okay.
1: It's – Well, so the Blazers are in pretty dire straits right now in terms of centers. I mean, God bless Anthony Tolliver for giving it his all every night as backup center and then the other night as the center when Hassan Whiteside was out. But how much longer can the team go without finding a body? Like, what what are your thoughts on that?
0: The trade deadline. I think so that's exactly what they're, they're doing. You think
1: they're going to spend a whole like month? Well, three weeks without bringing in. I mean, can couldn't they bring Moses Brown back?
0: I think they'll do that. Yeah, I think they'll bring Moses back. But I mean, they're just trying to minimize it, or excuse me, maximize how the the two way contract works. Mm-hmm. That's really what they're trying to manipulate right now. Um, and here's the thing: Paul Allen owned a team for two decades we kind of got a feeling for what he was going to do, how he was going to do it and what was kind of going on in a particular year. Blazers have new ownership still in Jody Allen and outside of, you know, last year's trade deadline. Um, we don't know what her goals are. We don't know what she plans to do with the team. Does she see this team as something that can figure it out? And she wants to invest in further. So she, you do bring in big contracts. um, Maybe taxes don't matter and she just pays the luxury tax. Maybe they matter a ton and they want to slash payroll left, right, and center. Uh, maybe she wants to wait until the deadline to ma- to maximize all of her options like any CEO would. What can I do to put myself in the best possible scenario to go down as many paths as I want? And I think that's what's happening right now with the Blazer. Everybody's screaming, why can't they sign somebody? Why They could just do this.
1: Yes, why? I'm screaming that because they – need help these these there's they're just running out of people to come in and play <laughs> like are we going to have five people on the court the whole it has,
0: time It hasn't been quite that far yet but I get what you're saying like
1: I mean Hazonia he, like I can't believe he's still playing oh, I, know. I guess he's questionable for the next game
0: He's going to be questionable until he stops getting upended at the rim Man the man has been undercut twice in the past 3 games and he's coming down like a sack of bricks poor yeah, guy I know <laughs> Um, but like, I'm just look at the Blazers and I look at any NBA team, they're, they're doing what's prudent, uh, as far as business and both business wise and transaction wise going forward. Um, you
1: just said the Blazers are being prudent. I'm, I'm yeah, just with, trying to wrap my with, head with around it because of- usually you have lots of opinions on the ways that they're not doing things right. I, I guess it's what Maybe what you might say, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that due to things that they have done in the past, they've now found this, themselves in this situation. And considering the situation that they are in, they are being prudent.
0: Yes, I'm just playing the role the, of Dan tonight. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and I, I think here's here's a couple things that are going on. This is the grand scope, grand scheme things. I think you're hearing some of the national messaging about the Blazers, what they are or aren't doing heading into the trade line, such as Windhorse support that the Blazers are, you know, they may not be players at all. Well, what's a good thing to do after you said championship aspirations and you had your world fall apart? You think lowering expectations is probably a good idea? Mm-hmm. I would say so. Mm. So,
1: so those I, messages I think- are getting out in the media to, like, help fans understand that we're not one piece away. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I, I, not even just that. I think it gives them a little bit of cover of um, remember that whole uh, my whole rant about, you know, what's the point of doing this? Like, why? Like, what's the gain? Well, now I think you feel some of the pressure of, oh, yeah, you thought you were a championship team, huh? That's weird. Let me look at your record. You're 16 and 24 right now. That doesn't look quite championship like, huh? You know what? I don't I don't want your your your, your trade paces. And they just it's a little little bit of leverage, and as corny as it sounds, that's kind of stuff comes out there because they can wage those wars publicly. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing it back and forth between the Lakers and Kings right now over the six-eight <laughs> Slim Shady Bogdanovich, who's eighteen times the player that Kuzma is, but it's neither here nor there. Um the Blazers, I think, part of the reason why they operate in so much secrecy is that they won't do a deal unless you do. That way, you can't wage these wars. But when you've publicly put messages out there yourself of how good or you will or won't be, and it backfires, then it's kind of open season. So uh, I think what the Blazers are doing: uh, one, they're trying to string this out as long as possible. And if I think after the trade deadline, once things are more resolved. Then it goes to – I think the Blazers will sign either another free agent or – I guess this falls under a free agent – a buyout candidate who doesn't really care about where he goes, just wants out of his current place. Mm -hmm. Um, And then beyond that, I think it probably goes into – I think the Blazers will take a pretty solid look at some 10 days. I, I think they will start adding bodies, but I don't think it's going to be until February What 13th yeah. is the, uh, the deadline. So
1: once the uh, flu has run through the entire lineup and everywhere, the respiratory illness has run its way through the entire lineup and everybody is
0: CJ oh. is patient zero and they sequestered him and Hassan and they flew back those on the plane with, with masks on oh,
1: those poor guys. I feel so bad yeah. for them. I mean, it's no fun being sick Anyway, no, and it was bad. Imagine what those guys
0: had was nasty. Yeah. And, and listen, and if you watch the post-game show after the Heat game, all I said about CJ was, "Hey, good on you, man," because I heard him before the game. Uh, like the, the cameras on the floor, then you know, picking him hacking. up during. Oh, he was dying. He had no business being out there, but he still tried to go out there mm-hmm. and battle it because they needed him. So, mm-hmm. props to CJ. And honestly, for the last three games.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And, I mean, Hassan just looked like he was a zombie out there. <laughs> Poor guy. I, mean, I just want to go there. take care of all of them. <laughs> just, like, line them up oh, in, the, uh, in the hospital beds and just be like, you guys, just, we're going to turn on Netflix and we're going to have soup and we're just going to get through this. Okay, but speaking of getting through this, um, and speaking of the trade deadline, this that's my transition. Speaking of the trade deadline, um, things seem to be progressing positively for a return uh, from Yusuf Nurkic sometime around the trade deadline. That's what we seem to be hearing or February seeing. 21st. That's your, that's your date that you're <laughs> guessing?
0: Yeah, back back from the All-Star break.
1: Okay, so that's your guess. So after the All-Star break. One thing that I've kind of been a little bit worried about is what do you think the expectations are we should have for Nurkic when he comes back? Because... Uh, I mean, and he's he's stoking the fires too because he's obviously oh, he really is. excited to get back. So, but like, what's reasonable for us to think about what he can achieve as he works his way back in?
0: Honestly, game one and mine zero expectations. Let's just see how the biomechanics look. Mm-hmm. God, like, let's see it. Looks
1: amazing.
0: Yeah, let's let's see how you move, big fella. Let me see how you move when you're when you're going shoulder to shoulder with guys. Um, and realistically, if he's gonna play here in the next month, which sounds about right, we should be getting news on him resuming basketball activities, like full on <laughs> five on five contact here very know, soon.
1: Like what all those. Mean when they say you know so and so is resuming basketball activities like what what's the what are the steps that
0: that means you're usually mean? out of you're out of physical therapy or you're out of treatment or whatever the situation is and you're doing uh cutting running moving drills okay so a lot of the times when you're resuming basketball activity it's it's usually a, a lower body injury leg knee ankle hamstring and so you're getting back to running so it's and drills
1: like- and then after drills you work on like Three on three,
0: three on three non-contact, and then five, three on three and five on five contact drills. Yeah, so the 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 non-contact, the three like three on three non-contact, and mostly like shooting drills, stuff like that.
1: Okay, and so you so, think we should be hearing about that?
0: We should be hearing contact soon. here. We should be hearing about three on three, five on five contact very soon. Okay. So. Because he's he's doing basketball activities. I mean, when they put out that video like a month ago right. of Nurk doing post moves, that was like, that was them broadcasting to the world. They they didn't put out the video. They let all of the media in, and Nurk just happened to be working out right then and there.
1: So Conven-
0: conveniently timed.
1: Oh So great. Oh my gosh. Um, so when he does come back, do you think they are going to narrow the playbook in order and and build on? things or is it like they're gonna wait until he's like fully ready to just do whatever needs to get done
0: yeah I think they're gonna have the playbook there but here's Mike and I we've kind of talked about this a little bit of last couple months when he comes back my thought my belief is that he's a starter mm-hmm. and everybody's like oh, oh, oh you not he's right. gonna come on number one if the Blazers make a move for a power forward or a backup five and that guy's there and Nur- Yusuf Nurkic is playing Yusuf Nurkic is starting like just Put that idea out of your head mm-hmm. as far as like packing order and stuff like that goes because this is this is NERC, this is this is the guy. So when he comes back, you clear the road for him. Even more than that, the physical side of it if he's going through warm ups and he's ready to go, why sit him down?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, why not, right. why not
0: let him warm up and get right into the game,
1: meaning he just warmed up. So let's get him in there so that he yeah. doesn't have time to cool down because we're already yeah, like concerned about him exactly.
0: And on the mental side of it, why not go back to the same state of mind? Work yourself in that you're the starter for an NBA team. Mm -hmm. Work yourself in, go through your same drills, go through your same motions, go through how you used to go through a pregame because this is going to be his first basketball game since he broke his Mm -hmm. damn leg. Mm -hmm. And we still don't know if that's going to have any lingering effects. So put him in the best possible position for 15 minutes a night Mm to do that. And then I think honestly, my, my thought is after a, I'm basically going to give him like a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see what, where, where is he at? What does he look like? What is you know, what looks good? What looks like it's still a little bit rusty and then build out from there.
1: Given the state of the rest of the team. And also I know it's hard to answer this question because we don't know exactly who's going to be on the team afterwards after the trade deadline, but given what you can guess, Like, What do you think the basketball is going to look like? I mean, they'll still be Dame and CJ. They'll add back Nurk, and then we're... then we don't know, I guess.
0: I mean, I think they go back to exactly what they were before. You go to the... But they don't
1: have, you know, Aminu and Harkless, so...
0: (laughs) No, but I don't think that part of it matters. I think it's more important that you're running things that are... make sense for Nurk Mm -hmm. and the the guys going forward, and so maybe you've Maybe you give ant some time with Nurk. Yeah. You, you let Dame go in his DHO action. You let uh, CJ work with that, that secondary group of the, uh, the secondary offense. And then you, maybe you give Ant some time to work with them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a lot of DHOs. I think it's a, a, a lot of uh, pick and roll and then uh, short roll action for Nurk, like catching and making decisions, trusting coming to his legs, coming down, you know, in the paint in between guys um, and then making decisions. Because that's the thing. Like, other than, you know, game shape, you got to make sure your mind's, you know, at the right speed. Mm-hmm. And so, getting him back, and that's part of what made him so amazing, is that he has the like a preternatural ability that you see from a lot of these European Balkan bigs, who uh, they process the game a little bit better because they play it either naturally or they've, you know, they grew up playing as a guard. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you, how excited do you think Dame and C.J. are to be getting his screens th- back?
0: Th- the moon. Just <gasps> absolutely thrilled. Oh. Every, every guard in the league um, would would kill to have Nurk setting screens for them, and so for them to get him back. That's that they're there. Yeah, is, they is are about setting that a life. screen
1: like riding a bicycle? Or,
0: yeah. I mean, no, he'll, 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 be, he'll the be
1: the same people, out. I guess.
0: Yeah, he'll he'll know. Maybe he gets a little bit of weird timing, but I think he's. If anything, he's going to get called for like holding the screen a split second too long. Mm. Or maybe sliding a bit too early. Well, sometimes uh, you have to
1: stand there while, while people like fall down along the side yeah, of your exactly. body because you're so giant, and they can't. yes. <laughs> oh, it's gonna exactly. be so True. good. But I want I want to make sure that I like my expectations. Are... Your
0: mind is ready.
1: Because I just I just I don't want too much <laughs> to be on him, and you know, no, maybe no, no things no. not go They're so gonna... smoothly as we're no, kind of, envisioning. They...
0: I mean, you've heard me talk about this off air for, you know, damn near since it happened. The the idea that they're they're not going to do anything stupid with this. They they know how careful they need to be with this. They're not going to put any expectations on them. There's not going to be any timelines. The only thing thing that you're going to hear is minutes restriction. And, you know, whatever doctor jargon mm-hmm. of how they go about things, you know, we're going to refer to the team, you know, we're going to refer to the team when I say the team, the medical team, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll talk to her. That, that's all you're going to hear about mm-hmm. it until he's like, he's like pedal to the floor, hundred percent ready to go. That's how it's going to be. They're, they're going to baby the living hell out of this. Mm-hmm. And they should.
1: Mm-hmm. I really wish that while he's been out, that they would have had him do a few interviews because I think he would be a great sideline, temporary sideline reporter.
0: Oh god! Well, the problem is you got to make sure you got to be you got to worry a little bit. (laughs) Nerk might sneak an f bomb in there every now and then, so if you're doing it, you got to make sure it's it's taped. Yeah, you you, you can't go live. I'd
1: take that. He could do like some pregame. Interviews. I mean, I guess they had Hazonia do one the other day.
0: He got he got Whiteside. Yeah.
1: Give give Nurk a, a a microphone and have him out there interviewing the guys. He he and Brooke could do some stuff together. I think that would be amazing. Well, oh, that's
0: so, fantastic! Isn't me?
1: <laughs> it'd be so good. So I don't know about you, but for me, I have been able to, I guess, flip the switch on in terms of what I want to see this season. Um, And what I want to see is I want to see more of the young players because to me, they're more exciting to watch right now. Um, Every time Anthony and you, you can relate to this every time Anthony steps out on the court, I know something fun is going to happen every time Horde gets out there. I'm like, Ooh, this could be interesting. I'm not Mm -hmm. quite sure why we haven't seen little very much uh, recently, but give me your rundown on oh and gary trent jr too give me your rundown on how these young guys are playing and what you think they might turn into as the year progresses
0: um horde literally a lot alike like one's just like the slightly smaller version in this year and we're not talking like like one's a three one's a four they both have like seven foot wingspan or seven foot plus wingspans with big, bulky shoulders and long strides and quick titch athleticism. And they both have like, you know, that that hustle gene. Um, they just can't seem to turn off. And they're both so I think. Defensive
1: minded. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Uh-huh.
0: No, they're not just defensive minded. They just, they just have like a, a preternatural inclination to being aggressive. Mm hmm. Like particularly on on loose balls on rebounds both offensive and defensive putbacks they just had that timing they're they they're, they're very utilitarian type players useful um they could yeah they, they just they just do things mm-hmm. and they, they, i know it sounds weird but you need guys on your team that just do stuff mm-hmm. and you, you look down and you're like God dang, he did a lot tonight. <laughs> you don't really realize it. I'm not talking about like in the box score. I'm talking about, you know, in, in your, what your coach's huddle is. You're like, Oh wow. He, he had a lot of closeouts. Wow. He contested a lot of guys hit. Wow. He switched on a lot of screens, like all the little things that, you know, they're keeping track of internally of, you know, things that make them a successful team in a night in night out basis. Those are the kind of guys that do that kind of stuff. Um,
1: Why do you think little was drafted and Horde wasn't?
0: Um, part of it's probably pedigree. Nasir was a top five prospect coming out of high school.
1: Okay. So just like the narrative um, behind him is like, you'd heard his name a lot.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Nasir was a legit prospect coming out of high school. He was one of those ones where you could easily be talked in. And he went to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Now they both went to North Carolina schools in Wake Forest, North Carolina, but there's a pecking order. Mm -hmm. And as I'm sure. They'll all tell you they're all number one, uh, unless you're you're Carolina blue or Tar Heel blue, you know, you, or, or uh, excuse me, uh, Duke. I I kind of sold myself out there as a yeah. Duke hater. Whoops. Um, <laughs> that. Yeah, well, that never, m- yeah, the fact that I tweeted for like five years straight, never trust Duke players. <laughs>
1: <laughs> OK, we'll talk about Gary Trent, Jr.,
0: I mean, Gary's a guy who I got to watch really young uh, at Hoop Summit, and I, I, I think I said think I said about him. I could see him being an eight nine year guy in the NBA, just by the way he gets his shot off, and he shoots it confidently. And I was talking to a couple of scouts at the game the other night just about about Gary in general, and we started talking about um, Luke Babbitt and um, oh god, who was another? Well, Pat Connaughton because it was the Bucks game, okay. Uh, and how. If you've got a shot that you get off consistently and everything in your shot looks good, it just doesn't fall. You're just like something. Why isn't this falling? It, chances are you're probably a pretty decent shooter. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, Jake was like that for two years.
0: Yeah, Jake was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, I, I know there's a prototype. I'm talking about good, like, good-looking shooting white dudes here. Like I, I get it, but there's something to that in the sense of like, yeah, no, I can see that when I look at Gary, that's what I see. Mm-hmm. I like the shot looks good. He's hit. He's taking his shot on, on time and in the right spots. Uh, he's creating off the balance a little bit. He's showing just a finite amount of secondary playmaking. Like I I can easily see him being a guy that sticks in the league. Like once it clicks, I just don't know if it's going to end up being here. He may be a guy who was year four, year five where like, Oh, there it is. Boom. And now all those little things that weren't quite right. It's like, what I, could, I used this example the other night. I'll use it again. It's like it's not square peg round hole as far as like everything coming together for him. It's it's more like octagon peg round hole like it fits. And <laughs> some nights it works, but it's not it's not perfect yet. But you smooth those edges down and all of a sudden, yeah, I, I can see it kind of coming together and working for him.
1: Dang, that was nice. Did you work on that one for a while? I appreciate no, that.
0: That was a good it's one. Just a, I have one every now and then. <laughs>
1: Well, so in terms of – we haven't gotten to to Simon's yet, but in terms of Horde and Little and Trent Jr., like I keep thinking that we're going to see more of them.
0: Yeah, the Blazers are invested in them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because Horde – I mean the Blazers hadn't used a two-way contract before ever. Now they have that dude playing in actual games.
1: Well, isn't Moses Brown a two-way contract?
0: Yes, those. Okay. Are the, this is the first time they've ever used them. Okay. Was this year?
1: Okay. So, when when uh, Stotts said that he, in a press conference, he said that this was the first time, and I wasn't sure if that if he mm-hmm. just wasn't thinking about Moses. Well, he was I mean, two they, guys they, on they're
0: done at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so they they see something in there, and I know that Portland was interested in a guy like Jalen. Um, I mean, heading into the draft, Portland was looking at taking a shooter. It was because Nasir fell all the way down to them, and from what I heard, he was near top ten on their board. Um, they they took Nasir there, so like they're they're like they're thrilled to have him. They just didn't think he would be there when they were, you know, when they they were picking. So they've got those guys. I think they're committed to. The same with Gary Trent, even though he's a second round pick, they split up part of the MLE and gave him that. Mm-hmm. So right. and that was to kind of secure his services for three years. Um,
1: so guys like that, I mean, do you see them, you know, playing the role of guys we've already mentioned, like Pat Connaughton and Yes, um, that's what those guys are. Right, and then Luke
0: Babbitts, the big of the world. That's exactly what those
1: guys are. Well, and it seems to me like um, somebody who's like I don't I don't think tear is quite the right word, but somebody who kind of. Outperformed that level could be like Alan Crab and like what happened to Alan Crab after he left is a whole nother thing, but like like Alan Crab ended up earning a big contract and being a, a pretty big part of the rotation in year mm-hmm. three. Um, I mean, do you or I'm trying to figure out if Alan Crab like out you know was a bigger deal than Layman and um no he had one they just. Learned yeah. their lesson after offering him that giant contract. They, they, was the year that they, he was in.
0: yeah, they saw something that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what happened with that. And then they pushed Kim to shove. They had to do something and they needed a wing and they spun the roulette wheel and they landed on Alan Crab. I mm-hmm. mean, they're like, well, Pay him, pay somebody else. With him, we can you know, we can maybe trade it down the road. Well, Brooklyn, they did. Saw yeah. Crab,
1: <laughs> and then Portland. was yeah, like, oh, that's, oh, what do we do? <laughs> Let's match. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, well, um, um, but that's a good point as far as like, and you need those guys on your team. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what makes Milwaukee good. Let me rephrase this: having the best player on the planet makes Milwaukee yeah. great. <laughs> having having those other guys makes them good. Like that's like having Pat Connaughton, Urso Yasova and you know all these guys that fit in behind. Like there's guys on that team that don't play who would be like seventh men on other NBA teams. Mm-hmm. Like you just look at it and you're just like, what the hell? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, like, as the mm-hmm. you know, chances are Portland's probably not going to get Giannis. I mean, I'll just probably you know put it out there, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but what do you see with any of these guys? Like, what do you like best case scenario? Like he burst through his ceiling and, you know, really turned into like, you know, Pascal Siakam or one of the Fred Van Vliet, like which one of those guys on the uh, Portland's roster do you think has the most potential to be somebody like that? Not including Simons. We're going to talk about him next.
0: Oh yeah. No, I, I know you are going with this. Uh, it's Nasir, mm-hmm. Like, The the comp that I think I came up with him when I first really saw him play, which was Gerald Gerald Wallace, Wallace. like Mm -hmm. that'd be a really good player. Mm -hmm. Like it was like, oh, he can't shoot. You know what? You know what's great to have on a team? A guy that with absolute reckless abandon dunks on your opponent nightly, Mm -hmm. just shoves the ball down their throat on every possession and puts an opponent on their heels the entire night, while also being a tenacious defender, rebounder, an absolutely insane human being. Do you think? Yeah, that.
1: Do you think an aggressive dunker like that fits in with the way that they've played basketball? Cuz it's just not so no. <laughs> What? I mean or is it that's just something not like not nobody no. doesn't fit yeah. in?
0: Like no, he they no they does they don't they don't have that at all. They, they like it hasn't fit in because they haven't had anything near that's that. That's what I mean.
1: Like is it yeah. does, does nobody fits in like that because they haven't had someone like that or like they've never gone out to try to aggressively find somebody like that cuz it doesn't fit in with the way they play.
0: I don't has anything to do with the way they play. Like they realistically, they need that. Yeah. Every once in a while,
1: Naz Naz is really good at getting those like really little time dunks.
0: Just, yeah. And it's just, that's the kind of guy you look at and he's still stupid young. So Mm -hmm. you just kind of look at him like, yeah, um, I, it's very, very, very easy for me to see Gary becoming a bigger, it's a a bad example, but the way he moves reminds me of him. Patty Bills. He he has that. It's not quite as fast, but his stop-start hmm. just kind of run you ragged around the perimeter all night. Hmm. Uh, stop on a dime, pull up on three. Like I think he could have a, a JJ career kind of thing. Yeah, but he does it more like Patty, where JJ's is just I'm gonna time this perfectly off this screen and I'm gonna dip my shoulder. It like he just knows how to run guys. Where Patty's like, you know what? I'm in better shape than you. Good luck. <laughs> And he just goes and runs and runs and runs, which is really hilarious because he came in the league as a chubby guy. <laughs> uh, but it was like, Patty's the kind of guy who's like, Oh, got you here. Nope. Got you here. Got you here. I see Gary doing that where he fakes a back cut, comes back up, drops back down below curls off another one. And then, you know, just he kind of gets the hips going the entire time. And you're like, God, that would just be hell to cover. Yeah. But it was, it was that Patty, he couldn't, his shot was inconsistent when he came in the league. And that's what Portland gave him the chance. And it was like, Oh, okay. No, no, you got yourself in shape and you figured this out. And San Antonio kind of, you know, took him on. Not that Gary's has those issues now, but I can see him being like the second part of his career being a 10 to 12, 13 point a night guy. Who's like your eighth man, like your super stud eighth man. Uh-huh. Like, and that's a, where he, he could be like a a, a decent sixth man for, some teams he'd be a, a obscenely good seventh, eighth man. Like what the Spurs had when they had, you know, Manu and, and Mills coming off the bench.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Now is the time. Now the time has come for us to talk about Anthony Simons.
0: What I'm wondering
1: is given the state of the team and the roster and the injuries and all that stuff, how do you think the Blazers are looking at the best way to develop Anthony
0: they're still taking their time with him they're giving him opportunities when he looks like he's got it going and they're not t- putting the pressure on him if he doesn't seem like he does
1: okay
0: that's really that's been my takeaway um I wish there were nights that they gave him more minutes mm-hmm. I, I, I want him to take on more but outside of the starters he's the only one playing more than 20 minutes a night really over like I think the last like 12 games mm-hmm. so Let me go back to 15. I had it earlier. Yeah. So um, he's he's the only one playing over 20 minutes in the last 15 games other than the starters. So um, and really the last 10, he's been kind of where I thought he'd be. I just my, my problem is more about the opportunities that he's getting or not getting. Mm hmm.
1: So, so how do you feel he's doing this year at getting his own shot? Have you, has he just always been good? Do you think you've seen improvement? Uh,
0: I mean, I, I, I think that's his most elite skill is creating his own shot. I think he can get his own shot wherever he wants off the dribble, where I've seen him over the last couple of weeks is try to focus particularly more on the pick and roll. Um, trying to create a little bit for the role, but since Scal went down, that's kind of difficult for him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the, the timing yet, or maybe not even the trust with some of the guys. Or he's rolling to work with. with. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the other part of it. Um, but certainly working there, and I think the biggest thing or the the most uh, obvious development is his ability to finish at the rim. Yeah, he's had over he has had some. And, and and they're obscene finishes where he's switching hands. This is just me being the Anthony Simons guy. He's you know, he's switching hands midair, getting hit, finishing over his head. Those weren't things that I, I anticipated him to have because that's that's a different category than being, you know, an elite shot creator and dunker. That those what he's doing with those shots require a ton of balance and touch and you know being able to absorb the contact. And speaking of wits, next guy lays his hands on Simon's, I'm going to break their nose.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Freaking kid, can't get a call to save his life. It's absolutely awful. And I get that he's still a kid, but protect the guy. Like he, when a guy gets slapped so hard, he gets four stitches. Maybe you were wrong and you screwed up the call. Mm-hmm. So but he
1: never got to come in, so that they could reverse, it, so they could fix it. He never got to go back well, in no, because he was it, getting stitches.
0: Yeah, here's here's the thing too. Um, that ref, like we have like in, in the studio, we have the cameras on all the time. Like when it goes to commercials, we still have the feed. And Dame. CJ Bays and Stotts all lit that riff, ref up. They all told him the same thing. Like he's cut open. He's in the back getting stitches right now. And the ref was, they said, uh, originally he was like, I didn't have the right angle. Wasn't my call to make And Then he started talking about, well, maybe something was obstructed. Like it was, it was maddening that he couldn't just say what a lot of refs do. We're good refs. You know what, man, we missed the call. Hmm. But but all the players, and Stots, were just giving it to him, and rightfully so. And it was it was nice to see all those guys kind of go out there and stick up for Ant because when Ant got hit, he just turned around and walked away. Mm-hmm. Got his cheeks split open. He quite literally turned the other cheek, Dara. Oh my
1: God. So I've noticed that Jalen Horde is getting to the line.
0: He's aggressive.
1: So how come he – why do you think he gets the calls and Anthony doesn't?
0: Big body. Okay. Well, honestly, I think it's what it, that where where he's going. Um, and I I think they're literally giving him the star treatment, which means you have to you have to pay up to in well, order to get free throws. hoard start.
1: the star treatment.
0: No, 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 Anthony.
1: Oh, I think the star treatment and not calling.
0: Yes, let me go here. Trust me. To to get the full on star treatment, one must pay the penance uh-huh. of having one year of suffering. Or you don't get anything, right? Okay. And then, then it then it comes.
1: Yeah, and then eventually they start it. But the first year or two, they're like, no, you need to earn your, you need to yeah. fall down, you need to get hit hard a lot. Yeah, well, well, I guess we're, that's one Jaylen, possibility.
0: Well, Jalen Hort, he's getting him right now because he's a big body, he's active, and be, you know, being aggressive at the rim. Where he's only what? How many shot opportunities he had? Like four, five. Um, been,
1: in the last two games, he went to the line twice.
0: Yeah, but I mean, how many, how many shots has he
1: had? Not very many. He but, get, get, six or eight points each.
0: Yeah, so he's got a high free throw rate right now, mm-hmm. but he could go 25 more shots without getting, you know, found. Or he could be a guy who just plays around the rim a ton, and with that, he's maybe has a higher free throw rate. But yeah, no, as, as far as Ant goes... His development is about on where I h- hoped it would be. I wanted something that I didn't see to pop. And then we haven't really talked about this is all he's rebounding. He has come out of nowhere at times and just been a fantastic rebounder. He, the, the kid had his first career double, double, and it was with rebounds, Tara. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I didn't see that as being a thing. And, uh, I was talking to a few folks and the comparison came up with, Calling him Will Barton.
1: Hmm.
0: Remember, Will was it was an incredible rebounder for his size, and you're like, how do you get in there? How did you <laughs> grab that? Like, not only are you giving up five inches, you're giving up like a hundred pounds. Like, what, <laughs> what is going on here? No and like, one loved
1: I, the ball as much as Will Barton loved the ball. Yeah.
0: And he, I think as part of it, I, I think Ant looks around and goes, Oh, you guys don't you guys don't want this? Here, let me go get this. And he's he's out jumped guys that are seven, eight inches taller than him. And 100 pounds heavier, and you're just like, holy crap, what is going on here? And that's been – and it's not a huge number, but it's a a number where it's like, huh, I wonder if that's a thing. Like, I wonder if it's the the, the team is just horribly injured and short on size, or is this something he's kind of got? that we didn't know about, which mm-hmm. I think that's those, the little, the surprise goodie bags are always fun to find.
1: Yeah. I, I think the thing that I kind of wonder about is again, given the state of the team and it being in flux and us not knowing what they're going to look like, how much time, you know, how much is Anthony gaining by being in alongside people that he's not going to be playing with like long term? Yeah.
0: I don't think that's too big of a problem. I think maybe having a, a little bit different exposure to some different groups isn't a, necessarily a bad thing, especially at this point. The only thing that I want to see is I do want to see him play with Dame, Dame. more. Uh, so where he can, they can work each other off ball. Um, I mean, do you want to talk about the difference between Damon Ant and Damon CJ? And I'm not – this isn't me going on the whole trade thing. I'm just talking about play styles, mm-hmm. whereas Ant could create a shot much like CJ um, at various levels. This mm-hmm. is what having a bigger, stronger, longer, more athletic guard I'm, – and I'm CJ stronger now, but I'm talking about kind of going in the future – and a more explosive and athletic guard at the two can look like. How'd you like that backdoor cut for uh, lobs twice in a game, Tara? (laughs)
1: No, I loved it so much. Yeah.
0: Do you know how many times they tried to run that play this season?
1: Well, like (laughs) half-heartedly. Like, oh, I think um, I'm going to toss. Oh, wait, no. I'm just going to, like, do an arching pass because I'm afraid to throw an actual alley-oop.
0: Yes. And all of a sudden they're like, you know what? I'm going to throw a decent ball. Because Anthony's a
1: leaper and you don't have, like. Yeah. mm Mm-hmm.
0: And so he, they, you know, he's put it at the top of the box and he goes completely off balance and gets it and throws it down. It's like, oh, the yeah, s- no, it's fun.
1: The <laughs> second one in that was at the heat game that they had the two. Yes. Where the he one caught it, where, where, where Damien finally, finally threw it directly above the basket and not like down. So he had to catch it and then dunk it in. But he just threw it right above the basket and then Anthony just like brought it down. That was like. Okay, you guys are allowed to do alley oops again. Yeah, <laughs> you've earned the right to do alley oops again.
0: <laughs> but that's like like getting those two to I think familiar with each other. I think with if CJ is not on the floor and you're working them around, then it's not a. Bad thing to have those two be able to play off each other, either Dame as their creator or uh, Anthony as a secondary creator.
1: Like, I, I love that uh, play that Dame and CJ run, where uh, CJ runs into space and catches it. Like Dame throws it before CJ's even looking, and he goes into the spot and it catches of, it. Yeah, and it's so, the so hand working off on something like screen. that with Anthur, Anthony, like to be able to do that with Anthony too, like would be awesome. It's just that currently given the state of things like if Anfernee, like I just feel like Anfernee has like no chance of getting that just because having to think so much. And then the other teams just overpowering them because of just who's on the court. Mm -hmm. Like CJ has the timing good enough that he could do it. But Anfernee, like to be able to get there on time without looking it just seems well, without like without
0: getting bumped, grabbed. But I pushed. guess we could
1: wait a couple of years. I think that took a while for Damon CJ to get to be able to do too also. Yeah.
0: But uh, other than that, no, I I have been I've been very excited, particularly excited about just him getting more and more opportunities in um tighter situations. So to close the first quarter of the night, Dame deferred, drew the drew the defense in. Reverse the ball to Ant and let Ant take the last shot for the end of the quarter. Like, that's giving Ant those opportunities to close that quarter. He stepped right into it and absolutely canned it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think those kind of things are the kind of things you're looking for as far as like important developments. Hey, does it mean anything really? No, but do you now have something on tape that shows the young man that, yeah, you're capable of stepping up and knocking out a shot as the clock expires? Mm-hmm. Like those are, those are, they're very, very subtle things, but those are the kind of things that I look at and go, okay, yeah, no, this is good. This is, these are, these are building blocks.
1: Do you feel like you, like I mentioned earlier, how I felt like I'd kind of like flipped a switch in terms of how I'm watching the games this season. Are you (laughs) there or have you been there for a while?
0: Yeah, I've been there since, what, was December? December? December, like, 5th? uh uh-huh. <laughs> so, Something like that. Uh, whenever Rodney
1: Hood went down? Yeah. Or yeah, Zach whenever, Collins? Or? <laughs> it, was,
0: it was pretty down when Zach went down, and when Rodney went down, I was completely done. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so, it's, it's 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 definitely different in how I, I thought I would watch the game versus how I am watching the game. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: So the last Women's Hoops and Talks meetup, we had it was during the Miami game, so we had a lot of time to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and it was cool because we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, why we follow the team even when they're not winning. Like you know, people remembered what it was like, you know, in two thousand, you know, six or five when nobody was there and they would yeah. have the entire road to themselves or the whole entire section to themselves. But they went because the Blazers had always meant something to them. So aside from like the paycheck that you get for doing the post game show, (laughs) um, what is it about the blazers that keeps you watching in when, even when they're not playing well?
0: Uh, I mean, I still love basketball and there's always guys up and down the roster. Like there's always guys that I'm going to find and be more uh, in tune with like even though the Brandon LaMarcus team had Brandon LaMarcus, there weren't a ton of guys on that team. Like Rudy was fun and I always really liked Nick, but there weren't guys that I was like truly unabashedly attached to like with this team. Like I love Dame unabashedly. One of my favorite players of all time. Uh, I'm, I'm that way now with Simons. Like I'm working my way. Like I, 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 I mean, you know me, Tara, when I, when I, Find a, a, a young player that I really enjoy watching, and I and I really invest them. It's because I think they're going to be great. I mean, I I, over, I think over the years that we've done this, you know, guys like Oladipo were in that, and obviously Donovan Mitchell and Jaw. Like, I see the same kind of thing in Anthony, and for me, those are the things that keep pulling me back. Like, the, the individual storylines will always bring me back when the team struggles, but when the team's rolling then I, I'm, I'm all team all the time. <laughs> that's where I, I, I have people who, you know, why are you always negative? I'm like, I'm not negative. I'm negative when the team sucks. That That's, that's when I'm negative. If this is a 65-win team who is like a legit title contender, you won't find a bigger cheerleader than me. And it's not a front-runner mentality. It's just I'm going to probably be a reflection of what I feel the team is right now. And then it, I just kind of go back and forth between what I'm really into and watching um, depending on what state the team's in mm-hmm. does so that the, make sense
1: it sounds to me like you're saying the the thing that like even when the team isn't doing well the things the thing that keeps you coming back are the individual players mm-hmm. like that's what that's what holds your holds your interest
0: it, it, it's what will sustain me over a season mm-hmm like, night in, night out, I can go, okay, cool. Uh, and Scout, and like, I always have these other guys that maybe not oh quite God, love to, so to the talent level stuff. Yeah, I mean, exactly. But, like, as far as, like, human beings go, like, when Myers was here in Portland, it's like, I, I wanted to watch Myers play because Myers was that dude. And I was like, okay. Is that the same is, thing, thing
1: is that the same thing that, like, 12-year-old Danny was watching when you were watching – the team? Were you into, as into the players or did, was it the team? That yeah, you?
0: it was the players. Like the, My first game I ever like remember was when I was in California as a kid. There was a Lakers-Blazers game and it was Clyde that caught my eye.
1: Oh, and how so, could he not? Man, that guy was yeah, easy to watch. I mean,
0: you're, you're seven, six, seven years old seeing Clyde Drexler as a kid. I mean, yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of how. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right on well this has been a nice trip down memory lane we're going to find all kinds of things to uh keep us occupied as the season unfolds as we wait for the return of use Nurkic and the uh re of equilibrium i guess maybe we could call it
0: listen With- let's just make De- it there yeah let's just make it to the deadline if and here's the thing here was like oh you're you're going soft on the blazers no they have an opportunity to make some changes at the deadline,
1: so they I'm had giving them that built into their season an opportunity to make changes at the deadline.
0: Yes, so I'm giving them that opportunity. Uh-huh. Now, if they get past that deadline and things haven't changed, whoo, doggy! You
1: know they're gonna. <laughs> what, you know whatever they do is gonna be something completely different than we all thought that they were gonna do, <laughs> and it's gonna be like what are you doing? And then eventually it'll all turn out fine. But they always, they always zig when they think we're going to, when we think they're going to zag, they just, they just always do. It seems like.
0: Tara, I was, I was going to try to go to bed on a good note.
1: That is a good don't, note. Don't, I'm just saying uh-uh. like, don't get, you know, <laughs> have an open mind. <laughs> you know what's going to happen, but we should wrap it up. Um, yes, we should. Let's see. I'll give my stuff and then you do your stuff. I can be found on Twitter at TCBBigs. You can follow the Hoops and Talks podcast at Hoops and Talks. And it will also show up in the Blazers Edge feed on Thursdays or Fridays or sometime around the end of the week. Um, So subscribe to Blazers Edge. You will get both of them. Um, Oh, hey, Blazers Edge night is uh, it's time to start buying tickets for that i'm still trying to figure out what i'm yes yeah, march
0: 17th yeah you can get to figure that out last march 17th against tim wolves
1: every time i got an LA, yeah bar, I, I brought one but i feel like if i did that this year they would like barely any tickets but that's kind of the situation i was in last year and then all of a sudden they went on a tear and i think i had to buy like 15 tickets
0: yeah i was say it was like 13 or 15 yeah
1: yeah so i don't know if you think of something let me know Anyway, go to the website and also at the bottom of the um, of the show notes, we can include a link so people can go and buy their tickets and donate them so that kids can come see the Blazers play. And uh, I think that about does it for me. Dan, why don't you take us out of here?
0: All right, folks. As always, you can find me on social media at Danny Morang, at D-A-N-N-Y-M-A-R-A-N-G. And after every Blazers game with Joe Simons on NBC Sports Northwest for – Blazers, outsiders, and thank you to everybody who participated in the uh, the fallout of the Minnesota Timberwolves postgame. Uh, we wanted to talk about that game as little as humanly possible, and uh, you all obliged. So thank you for that. Um, for everybody who thinks I want to constantly crap on the team, there, there's your perfect example. <laughs> I did not want to talk about how bad they look in the Timberwolves game. So hopefully we don't have any more that are that bad. Um, I have a feeling we're going to, but, uh, we'll get through it. If you guys, yeah, saying, if you, if you, if you want to commiserate with Joe and I will be there for you. Uh, maybe we'll, uh, start incorporating a drink of choice for that night for everybody to all commiserate with together. Uh, other than that, uh, nothing in the works, uh, until post all star break. So, I guess that's it for Tara. I'm Danny. Thanks everybody. We'll catch y'all next week. Bye.